Hello, everybody. My name is Daniel Prince, and I am the host of the Once Bitten podcast. This is a podcast focused on Bitcoin. It's my mission to interview as many people as I can around the different aspects of Bitcoin and help people understand exactly what Bitcoin could mean for them and for their families and for their future. I hope you enjoy the show. Thank you so much for listening. Hey guys, welcome to this edition of the Once Bitten podcast. And joining me today is just a regular pleb who started his own podcast and he's chosen the language of French to do that in. That's his niche. He is addressing a huge market of French-only speakers. And if you are a native language speaker out there other than English, go do the same thing. We need everybody pushing in the right direction. I hope this one inspires you with Emmanuel from his podcast, Parlons Bitcoin. Now, before we get into the show, do you want to go to the Bitcoin conference in Miami 2022, 6th and 9th of April? I know I do. We're all holding back on buying tickets, especially if you're based in Europe, because you don't know about the travel restrictions and regulations. Well, fear not. You will get fully refunded if you cannot travel due to COVID restrictions. But better yet, you'll be able to sell your ticket to a fellow pleb from somewhere else that can go, that is dying to go and wants to go and will pay you more than you paid for your ticket. The ticket is not assigned to you directly, so you have the resale value. It's definitely worth checking into. You can use the code bitten all in caps to get yourself a 10% discount when you are checking out please it's worth thinking about now do you want a dca of course you do what's dca it's fiat cost average it could should be called fca because you might be using euros or swiss francs or dollars or yen or pounds it doesn't matter if you're in the US, you can use dollars with swanbitcoin.com forward slash bitten. That'll get you a free 10 bucks. If you're in Europe, you can use relay, R-E-L-A-I dot C-H forward slash bitten. will save you on commission. Now, you know that CoinFloor have sponsored this show for a very long time. Big news from Obi and the gang. They've sold the exchange side of their business to Coin Corner. Danny Scott is the CEO. He has been on the show, as has Molly. You probably know them from Twitter. But please take control of your coins. Use the Bitbox 02 Bitcoin only edition wallet from shiftcrypto.ch forward slash bitten. Use the code bitten to get 5% off anything in your cart. Now enjoy this rip with Emmanuel. Okay, joining us is uh, is Manu from the uh, Parlon Bitcoin uh, podcast, and uh, Lauren is here. Manu, nice to meet you. Nice to meet you, Daniel. Again, um, see uh, you again. To... Nice to see yeah. you again. Wait, nice again? To see you again. Yeah, but you've not met Manu, but Manu and I we met each In other the at, the, at the Biarritz conference. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. And uh, Daddy, I just want to say, if you're going to go on his podcast, you might end up speaking English the whole entire time uh on his podcast so nope. I, I think you might want to start no. having more lessons with delphine no, the, the, the idea is <laughs> the idea is that manu is going to be on the yeah, podcast and now then... and we're going to speak in english yeah i know and then i'm going to go on I the on bitcoin podcast and, and you'll speak, speak french. french yeah yes. i know so i think you might need more lessons i, I think you need to shut the hell up <laughs> <laughs> Do you have a question for yes. me or what? Are you just here to berate my French? Um, both. So, um, I'm going to go, I have two questions. So the first one is, why did you do a podcast in French? 
it's a good question. So I've been want, wanting to work on in Bitcoin for more than a year, I think. And in January, I had this idea of, yeah, maybe I could go the podcast way. And first I thought, okay, there's, there's already a lot of offer. So what if I started in my own niche? So I thought maybe I could do a podcast for Bitcoin entrepreneurs, focus specifically on entrepreneurs. And then, I don't know, I realized, oh, but I speak French and there is no one speaking French uh, doing Bitcoin podcasts. So maybe <laughs> the niche is, is, is larger and easier. So mm -hmm. I just realized there is no French speaking Bitcoin podcast. So I decided I will be the first one. Well, there are some, but they are not Bitcoin only. And this is how I decided to start this uh, podcast in French so that I can talk to France for, for sure. But there's also lots of people in Africa that speak French. So my idea was I want to speak to the francophonie. So I don't know what's the, the term in English, but all French-speaking people around the world. It's about, I don't know, 500, 600 million people, I think. Uh, this is a public that had no information, easily accessible uh, in an audio format. So this is how I, I started. Yeah. Okay. And it's the same word, by the, by the way, just pronounced differently. Francophone is like uh, the, the, the phrase that we use. Go, go ahead. So my next question is, how many languages do, do you know? I know French, I know English, and I learned Dutch when I was at school. Yeah. So uh, you can speak in between Netherlands, uh, but uh, I've lost it a little bit because I, I haven't practiced for, I think, 10 years. <laughs> yeah. Go to Germany, stay there for a couple months. They don't speak Dutch in Germany. Oh, sorry. Uh, do I, do I, yeah, sorry. Uh, yeah. Netherlands. I get mixed up with them all Holland. the time. I just cannot get the hang of the uh -huh. names. But what's Holland called in, in French? Do you know? Uh, uh, no, I'm, I'm guessing it. I'm guessing it, but I don't want to embarrass myself. <laughs> it's called Le Paybas. Okay, yeah. So I was thinking, uh, thinking of something else. Uh, no, okay. Uh, okay. But to be, to be precise, I think Hollande is Hollande. It's a, it's a region in Le Paybas. Ah. I think. I think. Okay, because you're, think, originally, but... you're originally from Belgium, is that correct? Yeah, yeah, I'm from Belgium, and in Belgium, people speak both languages depending on where they live. So if you're in Brussels, you speak Dutch and French because you need to, to be able to talk to both communities. But if you live only in the north of the country, you will speak Dutch, and if you live in the south, you'll speak French. Where does Flemish come in? It's no. uh, the language spoken in the north of the country. And that mm. is what you would call a Belgian specific Belgian language or not? It's it's Dutch with some with small touches, I think. It's we learn Dutch and it's very close to Flemish. I think it's I don't if, if you speak to a Flemish person, I think they will understand Dutch. Is it like a Spanish and Dutch or like a, a, what are, are we saying? I, I, here? I get, no, I guess it's like um, in Spain you would speak Spanish, but yeah. also if you lived in the north of Spain, you'd speak Catalonian. Yeah, something it's, like that. It's similar. Uh, like when we were in Andorra, because that was very uh, what, part of Catalonia, um, you, the, the language there is Catalonian. Mm. And in France as well, where we were in Biarritz, that's yeah. in, called the Basque region, and they have their own language there for, for the, the very old people that would uh, still use it. And the Pays Basque is where it is. Pays Basque is the region. Oh, okay. Yeah. I see so, the difference between the pronunciation. Are we doing a Bitcoin podcast or yeah. a geography podcast? Um, <laughs> <Yeah>. Both. <laughs> yeah. 
Well, it's it's all very interesting to Bitcoin, is anyway um, the the geography and more more specifically what I what I've come to become interested in is like the invisible lines in the sand and how nation states were kind of originated way back in the day. But anyway, Lauren's looking at me with glazed over eyes and very bored and yawning already. So do you oh, have yeah. any questions for, for Manu? Uh, no. Or... No? Uh, yeah, okay. Thank you, Lauren. Say, uh, goodbye, thank then. you. Goodbye. Um, yeah, th thank you for answering my questions. Goodbye, Lauren. Have a good day. Thank you. Bye. Thanks, Manu. So, where, but where are you now? Like, uh, this is um, something we need to get into because you're not in Belgium. No, I've moved back to to Canada. So, are you? Where are you originally from then? So, I'm from Belgium, Brussels. This is where I lived. Then I moved to Canada for for the studies, and then I stayed uh, basically. So, right now I'm in Canada. I don't know where we will be in the coming months. I think I'll move maybe again in Canada, but it's not clear yet exactly. It depends on, I don't know, what life give, gives to me. <laughs> Is this uh, in lieu of like the political landscape in the part of Canada that you're in right now that's making you think it's time to you know find a different jurisdiction? No, not, not yet. It's more about... Um, my, my girlfriend is interested in... In working on the land in a, in a sense so it's about it's more about that so where, where would be a, bit, a good place to, to to buy some property maybe to settle down will it be on the west coast east coast it's not defi defined yet but that's more about it i think for the political landscape i for the moment i'm thinking about about wedding it out and, and see what comes comes out but i don't know we have to be uh listening <laughs> and be ready <laughs> man that's cool and is she in the bitcoin rabbit hole as well is this something or is this something she, she's always been interested in she you know i think i've been in bitcoin for four years i've been with her for three years so she, she she's been you know by osmosis <laughs> she's been exposed to bitcoin and since i started the podcast it, it has become more tangible to her and now she's more yeah she's more, int more interested we discussed yesterday for example deflation inflation those concepts so she's yeah she's interested i i, I think she, she likes the way it changes the discussions the way it changes the way we think we try to be more grounded um to be more precise in the terms try to understand what you are talking about so yeah i think it's uh she, she's she's getting at a speed down the rabbit hole. <laughs> so she was already interested in, in working on the land because this is a lot of uh, a lot of conversations going on around this kind of aspect, right? You know, get moving to like a citadel if you to build a citadel and live as much as you can off the land, whether that's doing the whole uh, regenerative regenerative agricultural kind of stance that uh, that Joel Untapped is talking about or the permaculture side of things, uh, homesteading, farmsteading, whatever you want to call it. So if she was already thinking that way, Bitcoin's just going to speed things up, surely. Yeah, I think the she, she was interested in it a little bit, you know, like the Bitcoiner is asking, where does the money come from? Her question was, where does the food come from? Mm. How does it grow? What What's going on in the land? So she had this interest and she went on a farm for a year, a vegetable farm to, to really see how it's growing. And it's, it's, it is its own rabbit hole and it's, it draws you to 
to go to, towards that direction. So not maybe starting directly with homestead and all that, but just to go closer to out of the city and go closer to where the food is growing. Just, you can see it and you can start composing with that. You can, do I want to work directly on the field? Do I want to start a business around that? You know, just get closer to the, to the zone and then see what, what you can do. Yeah, it's really interesting. And I had a guy on the show last week, Modern Tea Man. You should definitely check him out and follow him on Twitter. Very much a Bitcoin maximalist and doing the same research into, you know, it all, it all goes back to the seed. Uh, so he's Slim Texas on Twitter at Modern Tea Man. And he's going to come back on and do a second show because he started re, um, releasing articles about his findings and his research. And it's, it's very, very Ooh. good stuff. And he did uh, six weeks on a harvest. You know, he, uh, he put himself in the, the, the work, you know, boots on the ground kind of work. What's going on out in the fields? You know, where's the disconnect between mm -hmm. the crop, the farmers and big ag? And where's the crossover between big ag and big farmer? Hey, yeah. It's a side journey as we go down the Bitcoin rabbit hole, but one you'll get sucked into it, <laughs> for sure, listeners. It's, it's amazing what's, what's being yeah. done and how that is being manipulated. And we just end up eating it. Like, no questions yeah. asked. Yeah, it's like the money. What, if you don't know what you're eating, if you don't know what it's, how it's produced, it's, it's maybe not that good for you. Maybe it's not made with the intent to, to, to sustain you. Maybe it's, you know, there is fiat um, incentives that were... Um, that infiltrated along the way that just changed the incentives for the for the participants. So yeah, it's important to to study that. I, I believe I, I look I look into those studies. It, it it seems very interesting. There's so much to learn that it's good to have this starting point. <laughs> there is, mate, and I I like you. Um, I enjoy getting pulled into these different directions. It doesn't challenge me anymore like that's not the right word it challenges my intellect but it doesn't you know I, I would have always resisted this kind of thing when i when i had my fiat job because i just didn't have the time i guess mm, you know it all comes yeah. back to time i wouldn't have had the time to go down a specific rabbit hole and, and when i extricated myself from from that world as many listeners know i went down the education rabbit hole and i just can't stop burrowing down there the Bitcoin one, and now the food one. Uh, and I'm already thinking, all right, what's next? Like, what else is <laughs> fucked up? And you'll get pulled down the medical one as well pretty soon with everything that's been going on the last year. And especially when you realize the, the tie-in between big ag and big pharma. It's mental, man. It, it's, it's so crazy. But I really enjoy being pulled out of my comfort zone now. Is that something that you found when... What, what were you doing before? What what was or you do you still have a fiat job or what 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 was uh, the... I left my fiat job Friday last Friday so it's uh, no I'm, way like yeah, two yeah. days ago it's 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 very new so that I can I can work on the podcast mate that's the same the day as Knut von Holm <laughs> Knut finished uh, Friday as well like, Friday yeah, <laughs> yeah. Oh, well, man, I will send him a message <laughs> this is amazing this this yeah. is so good like, so yeah, what was a... it what did you walk away from. I was so I did uh, electrical engineering, right? And I've been working as a software developer basically in the electrical engineering field. It is interesting in a sense, but I felt that I could not express my whole potential 
uh, at that place. The way structure is built, it's it's not um, the proper environment for me to to grow as I want. So I wanted to have no structure and to be able, able to, to go on my own and have my time to work on Bitcoin where I can provide a lot of value. So, so that's where I come from. And regarding the question about the rabbit holes, it's I, I understand what you're saying. And the way I would express it is maybe what we call a rabbit hole is just life, you know? And it's just, you are pulled into life and life is made of, many different discoveries and wonders that you may miss if you don't let yourself be pulled by that attraction. So maybe that's just what's happening. We, we go back to life. We just understand, wow, life is, is great. It's amazing. There are so many things to learn, so many things to, to discover, so many things to enjoy as well. And I have the same feeling. And anything that someone will talk to me about, I will listen <laughs> with great interest because if they speak to it, if they if they speak about it, it's probably because they are really much interested. And if they're interested, it's probably great to, to learn and to discover that field that I did not know about. So yeah, I, I'm definitely into it. I think my, my rabbit holes are uh, food, but through my girlfriend. So I'm not the main actor there. I'm, I'm kind of following. Then there is Bitcoin for sure. And then there is psychedelics and mushrooms. It's uh, something that I found very, very much interesting. And there are also a lot of parallels between the, the mushrooms, the mycelium, the way that it's, it's, this organism exists and Bitcoin. So for me, it's very like, hmm, what if, what if mushrooms are actually like a super intelligent civilization, but very tiny? And what if they design all the things around us, you know? For example, it was a simple question I had in the past was, well, where does the soil come from? Because the earth in the past, it was just a rock. It was, it was, it was hot, then it, it cooled, and then it was a rock. So how, the, how, come, how come we have trees? I mean, it makes no sense, you know? And I was like, so where does the soil come from? And it comes from the mushrooms. They are, they are mining the rocks, and they are transforming the rocks into soil, and they are like, they sustain every life on earth. And I was like, oh, that's... What an, what an intelligent species, you know? <laughs> and what if they had so much intelligence that they could have designed, um, I don't know, ev not everything, but a lot of things. And what if we were the output of that design? And what if they could communicate with us through uh, those psychedelics, you know? What if there is a civilization under our feet that is talking to us through psychedelics and that is communicating visually through the, the things we have when you when you eat mushrooms, you know. I, I I like to play with this idea to, I don't know. There is growth in intelligence everywhere, so I don't know. I'm I'm like mm, it's it's funny to think about it this way. Like maybe they are super smart and they have all sorts of answers just right beyond our feet. <laughs> Holy shit, man! All right, let's go. There. <laughs> I, I'm definitely not the best prepared for this. I, I've never tried any kind of microdosing or uh, or mushrooms or psychedelics uh, for that matter. Um, or drugs of any sort, to be honest. Um, you know, the odd puff when I was younger on um, um, some uh, uh, joint on a joint, but um, no, uh, it, it, it never. I've never gone down there at all. Yeah, it's, I'm it's hearing, good. 
more and more people talk about it. John Vallis does a great job talking about it. Brandon Quittam, I'm sure you've yeah. read his um, Mycelium Network piece. Which definitely, yeah. Was that the the, the kind of yeah tip, tipping off point for you? Yeah, 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 for sure, right. for sure. Brandon's work was was crazy, and I, I really found myself enjoying that. And I had him on the show, and we we went down that whole avenue together as well. And he definitely convinced me that this is something I really need to take a closer look at. I still get, I don't know, it, it must be kind of like a a boomer gene in me or something that just <laughs> makes me just makes me think, oh no, like uh, you know, you don't want to become a druggie and and all of this kind of nonsense. But it's not that, right? It, it's like what you've described. It's about trying to connect to the earth and understand a little bit more about who we are and why we're here and yeah <laughs> Definitely. That, in, that in itself is pretty scary so do you, you've been on, on this kind of uh path for a little while how did you um start with with psychedelics or or mushrooms um i think i started kind of randomly you know some some friend invites you to try and i don't know you're curious you try and the first time I've, I've done mushrooms i was very tired beforehand it was after our week of work so i don't have much memories about it about that experience but then i've had another another experience with lsd and it really really put me in front of a kind of a of a a wall of uh, i don't know how to say it it would be i felt there is a point where you cannot explain everything at where you are for the moment. So it's like there is a, a limit to what you can do at a, at a precise time. You can't control everything. You cannot understand everything. And for me, it was it was real because I, I had this impression that if you learn a lot, at some point you will get everything. You know, you will understand everything. And then <clears throat> when you when you realize that there is no such limit, there is no such point you reach where you got it all it sets you on a path of infinite learning basically because you realize i will never stop learning because every time i'll be somewhere there will be even larger things that i will not have explored and this was very like a trigger for increased learning and i tried to understand a little bit more what so this is something i learned then i, I realized what more can i learn through these through these substances. And this is how I researched a little bit on, on YouTube, basically. I saw documentaries talking about people who suffered from uh, PTSD, depression, um, fear of fear of death. For example, it was uh, patients with uh, cancer, uh, high advanced cancer, and how there were studies led where psychedelics were used to alleviate those problems. So it, where they, they were used to cure PTSD to cure depression to cure those fears so I, I realized it has a medical effect today it's been researched on the for the moment and also it has an, an historical background because when you read when when you see those documentaries they talk about the history of, of shrooms and of psychedelics and you realize in true time different civilization use those as tools either for healing or for uh, initiating initiation for rituals of initiation during at very much different places so you would have that in south america you would have that in ancient greece so plato uh, socrates all those guys 
they had this uh, Elysium rituals where you could go if you were a Greek citizen, you would go on the mountain and then you would go to a ceremony where you would be reborn again and learn about some secrets based on a psychedelic brew. So it was very like, wow, it's, 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 it's interesting to see that. There are also links to religion. So there is a, there is a guy who I think studied how you could um, study the story of uh, Christianism through uh, psychedelics. So that actually the guys were, I don't know, they, they were eating shrooms, they had visions, and then they were spreading a message of love out of those visions that they had through the psychedelics that they ingested. So it's interesting to see maybe the links that there could be. For example, when you go to a mass, you eat the, the flesh of the, of the Christ at, at the end. And for him, for in his understanding, he said, what if it was an ancient ceremony where they were sharing shrooms, you know? It's the, the flesh of God, and you eat that. So That would be the best. <laughs> what? That would be the best. Yeah. <laughs> Get a whole congregation uh, like, yeah. like, chilled out on some, uh, some microdosing instead of the, the bread and fake wine that they hand around. Yeah, maybe that's what they used to do 2,000 years ago. You know, we, we don't, I guess we, we can't know, but it's, this is how I went through this rabbit hole. And then I realized, okay, it has a healing potential. It, it helps you gain more clarity on what you desire, on how you want to work. Um, it has close to, it is, it is one of the lowest toxicity drug. Uh, it, there is no addiction bind to it. There is it's no, natural. It grows in the ground. Like sorry, it's, yeah, it's, it's, it comes it's, from the ground. It's, right. it's 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 everywhere. It's 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 very high benefits and low low impact. And this is why I decided to to follow that path. And I followed a um, a newsletter from a, a group called Third Wave, where they provide lots of information regarding psychedelics, the studies that are being done, what is the legislation for the moment in different countries because it's, it is changing since it has positive impacts the legislation is changing and i strongly believe that in the coming years it will become more and more legal and more and more accepted because it is beneficial and this is how i i had this like two branches in my life of psychedelics and bitcoin and now i have taken a, a class on becoming a um, a coach for microdosing so i've learned through a course, how I can accompany, accompany, how do you say? A company. Accompany someone to through this experience. So what you should know beforehand, how to set your mind before you start, how to interact during the experience and how to integrate the changes at the end uh, of the experience. So I have like these two branches in parallel that I will start developing since I left my, my job uh, <laughs> last Friday. <laughs> Man, you're going to become the Bitcoin shaman that, yeah. travels, that travels between <laughs> citadels. Yeah, that'd be nice. That'd be nice. I think, well, I won't lie to you. I think it's a, it's a, it's a possibility, yeah. 100% a possibility. 100%. <laughs> the, the citadels are already being built. Like that, this is going to become a thing. There are yeah, already yeah. projects going on around the world and they will be populated by Bitcoiners and they are going to want to learn from people with different skills from within yeah. the community that, that you know it, it's it, like all of this is going to start happening and it's really really exciting and it gives us hope all of us hope for the future yeah yeah yeah, yeah. But i so there's a couple of things here that i've just been taking a few notes on whilst you've been talking and like uh, a few little lights going off in in my mind lsd in in particular i mean 
the, the picture we were painted around that when we were growing up. What's the film? The one that I remember. It's like Lethal Weapon, I think. Opens, the scene opens with like a teenage girl on a balcony on the 68th floor of her apartment on high on LSD, walking along the balcony and falls off the edge and, and you know, falls to her death and dies. Like the, it was an, a mainstream narrative that LSD was bad, that it should be criminalized, that it should be um, completely regulated and people should go to jail for pushing it. Now, why? I think there is a very good explanation for that. Is that once you start um, taking those, those, those drugs, let's call them drugs for the moment, um, it will open new perspectives on, 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 what, on how you behave, what is society, and we, it will give you a new point of view. And when you have a new point of view on, about what's going on, you become someone who's dangerous, basically. Because you may realize, oh, I'm not sure I want to do the Vietnam War. I'm not sure I want to consume because I realize that consumption is not feeding my soul. I don't want that, you know. You may say, oh, maybe I just want to be with a field and grow food and live in peace, you know. And this is dangerous for society because if society is based on, oh, you have to consume, you have to wage wars, it becomes a threat, an internal threat. And this is... Well, this is what I learned in the documentaries, but they say that the war on drugs was started by Nixon in about year 70, because they realized that the youth were becoming, were causing trouble in the sense that they were non-violent. <laughs> They're becoming peaceful. They have another way, another dream in their head about what should be, about what society should be. So it's dangerous for society. And this is why it's, when you own the mainstream at that time and there is only one way to distill information, you will say what you want to say and you will say, it's bad, don't do it. Uh, it's dangerous, you will die and so on and so forth. Even if it's not that true. I mean, when you are on LSD mushrooms, you have clarity in your mind. You don't, you remember everything. You don't, I mean, <laughs> you, you will not jump from our window. I, I, maybe it happened for one person. I mean, everything can happen. You can die on, on weed if you smoke too much, but just not what's happening to the vast majority. So that's what happened there. I believe it. there was a political threat and they wanted to kill it as soon as they can. But the thing is, it's like, it's like Bitcoin. If Bitcoin was born in year 70 and the, there was only one way to spread information, we would have said Bitcoin is for criminals and so on and so forth. And it would have gone underground for, for years. But then at some point, people realized they have this need for that thing and it pops out again. And this is what's going on with psychedelics. So it, it was shut down very heavily in year 70. And then it's been back for about 10 years. It's been studying again by psychotherapists, uh, by different clinical studies. And it's coming back on the, fourth, on the foreground because all the fears that we had 50 years ago, since the people died, <laughs> we can study again, basically. So that's, that's what's going on, I believe. So it's just, it was politically dangerous. But I believe now, it is still politically dangerous in the sense that it makes you think differently. But if you're already into Bitcoin, you are already politically dangerous anyway. So <laughs> it's like maybe the state has no, does not have the strength that he had in the past to, to stop those kind of threats. You know, it's just like Bitcoin, you can not stop it. 
And it's like psychedelics, you can just stop it. Once the information is on the internet, once people can see for themselves, it's not dangerous. Once you can see that there are clinical, clinical studies going in the right way, once you can see the toxicity is low, once, when you can inform yourself, you see it's, it's you, 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 you quit that narrative, basically. So that's how I, I understand it. And, and the thing as well with mushrooms, uh, like we were saying earlier, they just grow in the ground, man. Like you, <laughs> you can, you, if you know what you're doing, you, you know, you have to know what you're doing. Please don't go out there and just pick up any old mushroom and expect some kind of trip. You, you <laughs> need to know which ones and you need to know how to handle them and, and whatever else. And more importantly, which ones to completely avoid. But once you have that knowledge, and if this is, like you said, a way to to treat people with PTSD or depression or anxiety issues or, or facing um, their their imminent death and you know they're, they're trying to deal with all of those demons and mushrooms can help um, it, it, that does not fit into the big farmers the, the big pharmaceuticals playbook at no. all because as far as no. I'm aware and and don't quote me on it but I think something along the lines of it it's illegal or impossible to patent something that can be naturally found in nature. So if we, if, if you've got someone that, you know, you can treat and you've just got to go out for a walk in the woods for a couple of hours and get yeah, lucky yeah. and find the exact same, the exact mushroom that you need to come back and then cook it down for them or distill it in any which way that you need to, once you've learned how to do it from an expert or, you know, by, by reading or, or watching documentaries or videos or whatever, like you said, you can find anything out these days. Then you kill off that whole part of the industry that's selling yeah. drugs for depression and, you know, all of this kind of bullshit. Yeah, that's, that's exactly it. And it's inexpensive. That's, that's the thing. It's, it's inexpensive. You can, I, I've tried it with my, my mother who's under heavy depression. So it's not a magic bullet. It does not work like you do it. It's done. It, I think well, I need to practice my, <laughs> improve my practice. But in the documentaries I saw, they said, yes, with one session or maybe two, three sessions, you can cure depression because depression is just about a mental state that is, I'd say, ill-wired. So it's some, some wiring that is reversed or something that's, the chemicals are not properly set. But once, if you are able through the, the substance of the shrooms to rewire everything in one session, it's done. It's done. So it works very effectively. And even if you don't have any problems, it can also help uh, neuroplasticity. It can help. It, it helps many things and it's inexpensive. So it's very, yeah, it's killing lots of industries. But the thing is, even if now they wanted to lobby against that, it'd be very hard because the information is out and anyone can try for itself, for himself or herself. So it's, it's, like, it's like Bitcoin. You can tell on the television it's bad for your health or whatever, but you own Bitcoin, it goes up, you know, like it works, you know, it's, it's the same. It's very the same uh, mechanism. Opt-in shrooms. Yeah. <laughs> How do you, do, do you go out and forage and find them or do you, do you, do you buy them online? What's the way that you've, you, you've managed to, you know, kind of get into this field? For, for the first time, so friends had some, um, then I bought some online and I know someone who's very much interested into shrooms, all sorts of shrooms. So not only, uh, magic, uh, in, in, in the city where I am. So I will try to enter in contact with her and see if we can, I don't know, 
discuss and maybe she could provide for for me and and my practice so we will see how it goes but i ideally i'd like to grow them myself and to be able to you know like it's just it just grows naturally so i'd like to be able to do it but until then i think i will order online or you can buy, you can order grow kits i think right yeah i can also order grow grow, grow kits but i will start asking that that friend i don't know yet and then see what she can teach me maybe she has already all the stuff or maybe i'd like to see her lab because she's growing all sorts of shrooms she's doing experimentations she's not a microbiologist i don't know but a friend i saw recently told me oh this one is growing mushrooms you should talk to her so we'll, we'll go from peer to peer and and see what comes out <laughs> is there is there an so if somebody's listening to this and they 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 might want to try is there a website that they should head to someone that you trust or like an uh, uh i don't have that information yet to, no. of someone i trust so i will i will i can't i can't share it now but yeah i have to discuss with that person first and see right. what we can we can do otherwise would you just hit like uh, amazon or something um no i i would say what, what i would recommend for someone who's interested is to go on thirdwave.com uh, it's a website. It, this is this is where I had my training in in microdosing. They are a company working on spreading information regarding um, psychedelics. So the dosages, the experience, uh, the, the studies that are being done. They have a podcast. They had a podcast with Brandon Kutem discussing right. Bitcoin psychedelics. So that's very interesting. They have a newsletter, and I I think to verify i think they have a page where they, they explain how you can uh, get some supply or you can i think you can contact them and then can give you the information for sure okay excellent so and that's very interesting <laughs> before we move on from from this and actually do talk about bitcoin at some stage uh, I, I know this is interwoven um but what i what we were talking about how like lsd was criminalized and you know shrooms um kind of pushed under the rug all to the benefit of, of governments and, and big pharmaceutical companies. Look at what they do push, what they do allow. Us, <laughs> right? So they allow us alcohol in abundance, yeah, you know, uh, uh, something that just fogs the mind completely. Yeah. Uh, well, perhaps after the first one and a half, you know, you do start thinking clearly. Uh, it depends on the person. I like to have a beer and then my brain starts firing. Um, but after that, of course, we all know the after effects yeah. uh, and tobacco. You know, yeah. like, which is absolutely no good for anybody. We all know that. Like it, it gives you a short, sharp dopamine hit, and then that's it. It's all gone. But they're fine. They're fine to push us that. Keep telling us to have as much of that as possible. Yeah. The amount of tax that they can pull in off of that, and it's not making us think differently. In fact, it's mm -hmm. just not making us think at all. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's exactly it. Yeah. It shuts you down. It shuts you down man when you see it that way it's just like geez <laughs> and, and, and we're conspiracists right this is the this is the funny no thing. i i think it's uh honestly it's just the way you you mind my the human mind works at scale it's just that um uh, if you want to build anything you first need to put for a, a, a structure some kind of structure and then that's what the government is at some point just some kind of way of structuring the society that we could do with the tools we had at the time. And it was fine for the needs we had, but it's not made to handle change at 
a high rate, which is what we are seeing now. So at the time, it made sense that people should drink alcohol, smoke tobacco, because it does not imply change. It's good for kind of static system that we were able to build. I mean, we could not almost not do it another way because if it was the case, there would be different sorts of governments on earth, but everywhere on earth, we built the same thing, I think, just because this is what we could do. But now we realize that it's not made to handle change and we have change. We have change, we have a desire for change. We have the intellectual capacity to handle change ourselves. I mean, if the individual is able to change from a rabbit hole to a rabbit hole, it means our brain is even more malleable than it was before. And we have a desire for a new kind of governance that is aligned with our improved connective skills. So that's just, just how it evolves, I think. And then we are like the pioneers, I'd say. But I believe all the people that will fall into the Bitcoin rabbit hole will have this, this, better, this stronger malleability of, of, of the brain and everyone will desire a new way of organizing the society and, and so on and so forth. So governments are not bad, it's just what they are. It's like you hold grandpa who has his whole ideas and does not want to change. It's just... <laughs> <laughs> this is the way I see it for the moment. <laughs> it, it, I mean, there's a whole community of people out there that, uh, you know, whether you call it the um, psychedelic, let's call it the psychedelic community. That road leads to Bitcoin. Yeah. <laughs> homeschooling community. That road leads to Bitcoin. The, um, the, 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 like the herbalist medicinal kind of uh, community that road leads to bitcoin like we, we say all the time but like you've got the rabbit hole in the middle and all of these paths that go you know straight to it they'll all come in in the end everybody will come uh, yeah. because it is the ultimate truth it's it's still it still blows my mind that, that we're here talking about these um these these concepts and having these conversations but what took you there like what what road were you following? What path were you on that, that led you to Bitcoin? Mm, just before I answer, I'd like to add something about what you said. I think, like you said, Bitcoin is, is, is kind of where everyone falls into, but I feel it's a network. And once you're in, you can come out someplace else. So you come into Bitcoin through herbalism, let's say, and then you come out through education. You know, you, you, you're like able to pick roads. It's like, I don't know, some kind of city where you come from <laughs> some path. And then you can leave someplace else and then you can come back and, and, and forth. But for me, I think it all started uh, with the financial crisis. I was quite young at the time, but I could not understand on the television why people were saying there is a crisis. I mean, how old were you when you were watching this unfold? I don't know, 14, 16. I, I don't remember exactly. I should right. do a computation, but I was in my teenage years and I... It just did not make sense to me. What's what's the crisis? Why are they talking about the crisis? Why is is anyone understanding what's going on? What's why don't the, what don't they explain what's going on? It's just oh, it's a crisis. It's bad. Why why why? I had no no answers to that. But you know, I, I have other things to do, like playing video games. So I did not <laughs> I did not spend that much time thinking about it. But still, yeah, there, there was this question in the background. And then when I came at university, I started reading a book by uh, Joseph Stiglitz where he was explaining how the crisis came, came about. But 
again, it was a bit, I was a bit young, the book was complex. So again, I, I left it on the side. And then later on, I found a book talking about uh, globalism and what consequences it had on the world. So I was getting step-by-step step interested by macroeconomy. I realized there were, um, I tried I try to understand what was going on at the macro scale. I read books like the ones of Taleb, where he speaks a bit about these ideas of fragility of the, the financial system as well. I, I read book on, I don't know, all sorts of books on understanding the system of finance. And I was asking myself, yeah, what's, what's, what's money? What's, 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 what's going on? And it was not clear. Even I remember even when I was, I think, eight years old, I was wondering myself, where do the salaries come from? How come people are paid with money? And if, pe if people have a raise in their salary, where does the money come from? What? I mean, simple math, you know, it was, what, what's going on? <laughs> and then following all that, I think I just had the luck to be with a, a friend. We were going to a hockey match and he told me, yeah, I have some Bitcoins on my laptop. And I was like, what Bitcoins? Laptop? Where are they? Yeah, you know, they're Bitcoins. And are they inside your laptop? Like, where are they? No, they are, I have keys. I was like, what the fuck is going on? <laughs> it made no sense at all. So when I went back home, I was like, okay, I need to understand where, where is this? Like, do I save them? I mean, I was lost. <laughs> and this is how I started. It was just someone talked to Bit, uh, about Bitcoin up to me. I started learning. And then since I already had this whole interest about financial systems, it clicked very uh, quickly. You know, it, there was a link. So uh, it it helped me dig a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot. And also, I think my luck, in a sense, was that I came during the 2017 uh, bull run. So I had this adrenaline shoot of, oh, wow, I'm so smart. I'm making a lot of money. So this, I think, told me, oh, there's something going on. And then I've, I lived through the whole crash, blah, 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 and all that. But my interest kept kept growing. But I also did the, the regular pass you know uh, through shit coins like i find the next bitcoin first and then i had this project it's very uninteresting project la 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 all that shit at some point you realize that your value in satoshi is lower than if you just had bought bitcoin so you start to reassess your hypothesis <laughs> and then i really dug deeper into bitcoin with uh, the book of andreas and then started clicking more and more and more and more and more and more and this is how i i've been on this track for years now <laughs> And it's funny, isn't it? Because in, in the bull run, it's all it's all great fun and stuff. Uh, and but for for those that have been around a, a few cycles, yes, the bull run's great. But if you if you're thinking in dollar terms, the bull run's great. But at the same time, it, yeah, you know, you're getting less satoshis for your your daily <laughs> or your weekly buys, yeah, yeah. and yeah, that's yeah. a bit depressing. And you're like, oh, <laughs> fuck, like you know. <laughs> We just have another bear market, and uh, so I can keep loading up. But um, you know, Bitcoin's going to do what Bitcoin's going to do, and, and yeah, you know, we're here now, and, and we're stacking away. Hopefully, everybody listening, and, and just keep stacking because you never know where it's going to go, and, and just try and build those satoshis as, as high as you can. Um, you know, yeah. like um, what's the the, the monkey uh, Steve Steve Henke keeps just popping off on. Uh, <laughs> 
Bitcoin Twitter about the volatility of Bitcoin. Well, Bitcoin is just a reflection, actually, of the volatility in the dollar system. Like, you know, it's that's, you know, a Bitcoin's a Bitcoin, a US dollar, God knows what it is. And it's just going to fluctuate. It's the price, the US dollar price that's fluctuating. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The constant is the Satoshi or the Bitcoin. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that's exactly it. Trying to help people frame that up is really difficult. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's because it changes everything for you. I mean, it tells that you've been living in a world where you did not ask yourself question and you were basically wrong. And it's hard <laughs> to accept that. Maybe, maybe you should start questioning the environment and think for yourself. It's, if you're not ready for that, it can be, <laughs> can be a lot of change. What do you mean? No, I... No, I don't get it. <laughs> so how's it how's it going with the pod? What's uh, what's the feedback? I mean, I, we had lunch in, in Biarritz with a, a bunch of Maxis and they'd all listened to it and they loved it. So I'm hearing great feedback, but how's it going? How many episodes deep are you? So I have 24 episodes. It's season one. The way I see it is like, it's like if I'm uh, a music producer, like I do albums. <laughs> there is first album, season one and then it, it went very well so when i started i had no clear ideas about all that i would do it was just okay i will do uh introductory episodes this was a lot of work because i had to explain bitcoin orally in simple terms in french for my target was people with no education about bitcoin so i was i went it was very really a lot of um teaching work it was very good and then I had a lot of fun from episode to episode meeting new and new people and it also forged my my conviction because when you are on your own learning you learn a lot but when you participate you learn even more so it was very a lot of fun a lot of learning it was uh, very great for me because I had good feedback I mean people listen they are interested so it was good also to see that the work was providing value to people so it was very very nice I had a Great experience with season one. And I was able to finish with Francis Pouliot, who came to talk, who came to talk about the very inner working of Bitcoin. Like it's, I call it the heart of Bitcoin. So how the balance is, is, is tied between miners, developers, users. Uh, how does that um, balance so that the, the, the network is stable and indeed the users are in common. So it was a lot of learning very dense it's three hours long with Francis. Three, three, three episodes yeah it's, it's crazy good it's crazy good and this is this is the, the end of season one so i had a tremendous amount of fun it was very great and now i'm starting season two i had a call yesterday with david santonge who wrote a book uh in french to sur bitcoin so it's i'm starting the next season i have i have already ideas like i like to talk for example about uh, the, the france cfa which is the money they use in ex colonies of France. It's like France controls the money of about 15 states. I don't know how many people this represents, maybe 200 million. I, I don't know. It's, it's a crazy number and it's controlled by France. It's even worse that, than the, the, the ECB because the ECB controls Europe, but people in Europe, they have kind of this control of the ECB. I mean, they are U European. I mean, it's the same country. You could discuss it. That is totally different. It's just France. It's, it's crazy, man. It's crazy, crazy, crazy. So I want to talk about that. I want to talk about macroeconomy. I, just, I want to I just uh, ask many things. 
what what currency are they using in these other jurisdictions is it so it's like called French franc or like it's it's called le franc cfa which means le, le franc, franc des colonies françaises d'afrique so in other terms it's like franc from french colonies of africa that's the name of their money wow and and they have no nothing to say about it they 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 don't set the, the exchange rate so it's fixed by the by a bank of france with the euro which and they can change it at will they cannot sell that money without going through uh the bank of france to other countries it's like they are yeah they are, they are in, a, in a network where they cannot exchange with the other countries they cannot set the exchange rate they cannot control it and i think it was in year 93 maybe something like that the exchange rate was divided by two in the bad direction so people for example in senegal or togo or those countries if you had capital in france fa it was divided by two its value was divided by two regarding the the french franc so it's like it's madness it's madness and i i, I want i will talk about it on the podcast because I have lots of people who come to me talking about Bitcoin, like, yeah, uh, it's, it's bad for the environment or I don't know, some, some other kinds of consideration that they did not study a lot. But this is like, okay, just some people, maybe you don't need it because I don't know, you, you, you are happy with your money, but there are people who need it now for real and it will help them a lot. It's like non-negotiable, like they need it, they will use it. And I want to talk to those people. And I'd like to be able to discuss more with Africa because I feel that it will empower so many people that we could have, like, I don't know, a, a revival of, of the continent. I'd not say that it's that, but uh, like a, a booster to the, to the continent because I think the people there, they are very uh, working hard. I mean, when you don't have a lot, you have to work hard. You have to work every day. So they are... They are entrepreneurs. They, 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 they need tools. They, they, if, if they can get to Bitcoin, I believe it will be a very good convergence of, of ideas. So ideally, I'd like to be able to meet lots of African people and discuss about Bitcoin uh, and, and see how, how it goes. So those are my ideas. <laughs> you said there's about 15 countries, I think. I think it's about 15. I don't remember exactly the, the, the name, the, the, the number. Any one of these countries that is thinking about breaking away and gaining their independence i mean as history has told us independence uh, wars like there's 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 only one way to do that generally and that is to kind of um, escape the state that is uh, lording over you with, with force and violence you know the us a prime example uh, you know gaining its independence from the uk um now you just switch to a different currency and see you later. Like it's that easy. Yeah. It's yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, it's, 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 it's good because when it's uh, in the open, there's, there are some countries who try to break free from the France FA and the leader in the country was killed. I think there are like three, three or four examples of that. So you have a leader in Burkina Faso, let's say, or Togo, or I, I don't remember, I don't know the story by heart, but they say, I want to leave the France FA. It's not good for my country. It's, it's impoverishing me. And they are shot dead by mercenaries. Unbelievable. So even if the state was willing to change, they can. So and instead, when someone is shot, the, 
person that is put instead is someone who's an ally to the France CFA because as the head of state, you can have some advantages that benefit yourself, but not your country. So with Bitcoin, it will be a silent revolution. It, will, it won't be trustable because it's Bitcoin. So people will be able to opt out in a way that will help them improve their quality of life. So that's very, very powerful. Man, that's, that's crazy. And that's what, uh, you know, that's what happened with Gaddafi, right? When he was trying to move on to a different currency instead of the US dollar to, to settle um, all of the oil, he was trying to bring in a different currency. And yeah. look what happened, right? We need to go to war with this guy because, and then you got the mainstream media narrative telling us how bad the guy is. And yeah, yeah. that's up dead because he was trying to bring in a different currency to sell the commodity that was coming out of his country and, and surrounding. Yeah. Yeah, and it's the same with, with those countries because with Gaddafi, it's about oil, but with those countries, it's about resources. They have to sell, I think they, like France has a kind of exclusive contract, they have to sell first to France at a discount before they can sell to, to outside countries. There is something of, of like economic benefits directly uh, geared toward France to extract money via advantages buying or things like that. So there is very, um, this idea of resources is is still present for in those countries. The same, the parallel is very, very strong. What, what kind of resources are we talking about? Do you know? Um, I think I, I, I won't try to tell mistakes. So maybe what I'm saying is, is wrong from now because I had this interview a few weeks back, so I don't remember all the, that I learned. But I think any type of resources that they are sending abroad has to be first sold, sell, sold to France right. at a discount, I think. So it could be uh, coffee, it could be grain it could be mm -hmm. maybe metals if, if, if there are I, I don't know exactly so don't quote me on that it has to be verified but i had this i remember i interviewed farida which is a togo les person she told me that so they have there is this discount that france has on buys before they can send it abroad unbelievable and then they but can probably turn around and sell it within the eu at a really yeah. high marked up price oh my yeah, god yeah. but I'd, I'd say it's, it, is to, it has to be verified. I'm not that an expert with yeah. the system. I'm learning. I want. I will do another interview with uh, Fode Diop. I hope he accepts the interview for sure. But I will try to get more information. And once the episodes are, all, are out, I will be able to say, yeah, that's correct. That's incorrect. <laughs> that's correct. And if they, that's wanted, the if they wanted to squeeze them even more, they just adjust the exchange rate. In yeah. <laughs> so, man. Yeah. They it's tough, it's tough. They've got to escape. And now we have this system. We have a parallel system that which they can use. Yeah. 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 And so if you ask me, how the, is the podcast going? It's going well. And I have this pressure that I need to deliver quite fast in a sense, because the tools need to be ready as soon as possible. You know, it's Bitcoin is pressuring me, it's telling me you got to do it. <laughs> Don't slack. So uh, that's, uh, that's how it's going. It's good. It's good. It's good. It's, I'm now wondering who else speaks French in the community that you can have on the show. Um, obviously the Canadian guys are, are, are going to be, well, from the certain part of Canada, who, who are your biggest targets, I guess? What, what, who would you love to get on? Um, I like, so I have two targets. One is a, a Belgian economist who is very much renowned. So I like to have this high profile on the show so that 
I can talk inflation, deflation, all those ideas with someone who's studied it deeply and will be able to confirm that, yes, I'm not crazy. I already had him in private and confirmed my ideas, but I'd like to have that on the show so to give some, not credibility because I know I have my credibility, but I know some people they like when it's some big name. So that would be one thing. And I have another one I'd like to have, which is Pierre Noiza, who's a French guy who launched Premium, one of the first Bitcoin exchange in France. And he had a very cool presentation at Surfit Bitcoin, the conference about thermodynamics and Bitcoin. And I was trying to follow that talk. <laughs> I had to like, I had to get out of there. It was, uh, I, you know, trying, trying to follow uh, the rule of thermodynamics in French uh, was like, oh, yeah. Oh man, this is a, but I could see, um, and I have obviously heard of him as well. Paymium, like you said, one of the oldest, uh, exchanges possibly in Europe, I would say. Um, and he's, um, a big Bitcoin maxi. So yeah, he'd be a great guest for you to get. Yeah. I'd like to have him on it. it for me, it would be, I don't know, thermodynamics. I mean, I've studied energy. I studied electricity. I know those are concepts, so it'd be very nice. So I think those are my big targets for the moment, but. After I had Francis Pouliot to close season one, it's like I, I've done, I, I, I can die now. It's all is done, all is well. <laughs> I've done the biggest part. So now it's, I think I'll do bigger and bigger afterwards for sure. But, oh, you know, someone that I really would like to have on the show is not a Bitcoiner. He's just an artist. It's one of my favorite artists. His name is Damso. He's a, a Belgian rapper. He's my, like my spiritual guide and like I love him, I love him so much because it, it, through his lyrics, he's teaching how to like build from the heart. You know, it's like he's 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 doing a music where everything he does is him being transparent with his heart and he's giving you like a real insight into him, and he's showing you that when you do that, you create value. And when he's when he's when he thinks, he's like, I just want one person to listen to me ten times instead of ten persons listening to me one time. This is like his credo, you know. And it's very inspiring because it tells you you have to be who you want to be, and then people will come if they resonate with your message, you know. So that's very powerful to me, and it's very inspiring. It also talks about his mistakes, like to be to maybe work too much on his craft and having let down a little bit his, his son so it's a good message for me because i don't have a, a children yet but it tells me in advance if you go down that road don't do that you know take care of your family like okay it's good to to work but love is important you know so it's it's it's, it's very like a spiritual guide so i'd like to have him on the show at some point if i can hand season two with them so oh wow this is this is this is heaven realized. <laughs> <laughs> and what's season two going to be focused on? Um, so it will start with um, a bit a bit of education with David, and in his book, and then I'll go towards Transefa, uh -huh. and then I will talk about economics, which I did not do a lot in the first season. I, I want to explain in simple terms what is inflation, what is deflation, what is going on. So I, I have. This economist I'd like to interview. I have another guy I'd like to have on the show. I'd like to maybe work um, manually. And then once I have those subjects covered, I think I will go back more to Bitcoin-centric content. So talk about a node. Uh, all those guys that came at Surfing in Bitcoin, I'd like to have them on the show as well to discuss uh, their subject, many different people. Uh, regarding economics, I'd like to talk about uh, Bretton Woods as well. Mm -hmm. So to have like this historical background that 
most people don't have. So I'd like to, 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 to crystallize it in a way that is simple and you can digest it. And when you come out of season two, I guess you'll be even more equipped to, to work with Bitcoin. Well, mate, a huge thank you from me because I've had so many people around uh, where I live in my community asking me for French oh, yeah. uh, content, whether it's books or podcasts or YouTube videos or whatever. And uh, th there was very little, very little that I could point them towards. You know, the, mm -hmm. the translated books, for example, was about as best as I could find. Yeah, There was one podcast Univers Bitcoin, I think, but it was it yeah. wasn't solely Bitcoin. I think there's a bit shit. Yeah, there's shit us. <laughs> okay, so not great. Um, so meeting you at the conference was like, bam, this is great. Uh, and the meeting David as well. David's been mm -hmm. on the show. Uh, so now I can point them towards your show and yeah. put David's book in their hand. Yeah. Exactly. And that is working so damn good. You have no idea. It's <laughs> like... God damn, that's made my life so much easier because it's very difficult for me to explain these big ideas and, and what's going on in, in Franglais at the absolute best. Uh, because you need that, you, you need the, the nuance of the language, right? To, to get to these points, yeah. trying to help people understand. We, we, this is not surface level shit. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> this, is, this is something that we all see and believe is going to you know, completely shape the future and have such a, an unprecedented impact on on society going forward for the better uh, you know bitcoin is hope as we know so thanks really appreciate you you doing this and one thing i do want to point out uh, to the listeners to those that you know, the english speakers that live in europe or um are around different countries that that surfing bitcoin conference is a brilliant place to go to yeah. you're not going to understand the talks you're not but you will get on with the plebs in the hallways and the bars and the restaurants because the level of English there was incredible. And of course, yeah. we had people like yeah. you coming over from Canada. Uh, it was um, it was a great, great event. And I, 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 how did you find it? What, what, were you, what were your takeaways? Oh, for me, it was very a, a, a luck to go there because I did not think I, could, I, was, I would be able to travel. So first, it was incredible luck. Uh, I went with my mom. She she invited me to to she proposed me. She said, "Do you want to go with me? We, I could like go around Biarritz when you are at the conference, and it would be fun." I was like, "Yeah, for sure." So this was first. I was I felt lucky to be there <laughs> to start with, and then I was very um, moved by the the fact that I saw the French speaking Bitcoiners, and you know you can share the flame. Basically, I saw the plebs. Like uh, GG uh, La Saumur or 200 Kecks, those like those hardcore plebs. I saw other people who are more soft. <laughs> it depends. Lots of profile, but you could see like the, yeah, it's like you went close to the fire and you see the flame and you're happy, you get warmer, and then you can go back in the, on your own, you know? It, it was very like, like converging energies. And then you go back and it felt, felt very great. It felt great. I, I hope I'll be able to, to, to go next year as well. It's, just amazing just amazing yeah it's that weird feeling isn't it the, the conference come down that that kind of week or two afterwards where you've for a few days you've just been surrounded by like uh, my wife even felt that she wasn't at the conference but she would come out and, and meet guys in the bars and restaurants and she was like and, and we were at the the barbecue um put on by uh Gigi and, and 200 kecks she, everybody here has such a high level of 
intellect and yeah. <laughs> just see the future completely differently and uh, they're not worried and depressed about the shit that's going on right now that they just seem to know how to fix it and move on and move forward and they're all building different companies and, and look into the future and i remember like yeah bitcoin is hope this is yeah. this is this is what it is at least you can feel what i feel now and i urge anybody to take their their families with them to, to conferences they're not going to want to hang out in the actual conference in the actual event but getting in the bars and the restaurants with the plebs yeah huge yeah it's worth it yeah i hope there would be i guess there will be more conferences since it's so much fun but if you are in europe yeah go to surfing bitcoin it's uh it's 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 good it's very good it's good to, to be there it's it's funny because when i interviewed Machek and gustavo they were talking about bitcoin miami and they were telling me yeah it was amazing the energy and so on you so you see so many people who share your ideas and i was like yeah that's, that that looks good but once you leave it it's another thing <laughs> So yeah, you have to leave it. I think it's like buy Bitcoin. Yeah. You have to buy them and then you see. You can't, you can't see otherwise. You have to go there. Yeah, for sure. All right, mate. Well, we should start wrapping this up a little bit. Um, yep. If you had one orange pill left to give to somebody, who would you give it to and why? I would give it to Damso, my French, uh, my Belgian rapper that I love so much because he's, he has provided so much value to so much people that if he could understand the value proposition of Bitcoin, I think he would be like a, like a good ambassador. He would be someone who's understanding what's going on and he would work. I don't know. I feel it would be a very good addition to Bitcoin. This man is, this man is a genius. I mean, I just finished that on that, but he launched his album in Africa, especially because he, in Congo, where he was from, because People there, they always get the music uh, after everyone, you know. So he went there, he, he launched there, he, he gave so much energy to so much youth people. Like you can do it, you know. I, I came from, I come from here. You can do it. Let's go. It's his hope for those people, you know. So if you can give a, a pill of hope to someone who's hope for people, it's a good mix. <laughs> Does he rap in French or English or? Both? Yeah, it's in French. It's in French. And how do you spell it? D A M S O. I'm going to try and get my daughter listening to it then. She's, yeah, uh, she, she's a big fan of the French rap music. So if I can okay. listen to this. Good, good. Then... But he's, he's smart. You know, since he, he says, I want one person to listen to me 10 times instead of 10 persons listening yeah. to me one time, he writes a music that is not something you, you, you catch on directly. It's like Bitcoin. You don't get it directly. You listen once and you're like, oh, I don't like it. It's bad. I don't like it. But it is a friend that is telling you, no, you have to listen to it. I'm, I'm, I, I, I promise, listen to it several times. You will like it. And because you love your friend, you trust him. And then you listen several times and then you like it. It's very much like Bitcoin. It's crazy. <laughs> so if your daughter starts, you say, listen to the album at least five times and then, then, then make a judgment. All right, man. I love it. It's, well, it's, again, it's, it's crazy. <laughs> also, if she, if she is interested, she can listen to the interviews of him on, on YouTube. It also helps understanding the, the character and why is he like this and what's going on. It's very good to hear him speak about his, his work. It's, it's good. It's good. All right. I love it. It's inspiring. It's inspiring. More value you, that you're adding to me. And uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> my, immediate, my immediate family and community. I love it, mate. Thank you very much. 
All right. Well, like like I said to to Lauren at the beginning, and and with you, we kind of hatched a plan at the um, at the conference or or just after the conference that I would try and and be a guest on your show and, and yeah. do the best with uh, with some French and pull me out of my my comfort zone. So yeah. <laughs> whenever you're ready, you know, I, I'll I'll happily do that. You know, perhaps a, a list of ten questions or something I could practice beforehand yeah. uh, with with the teacher and. If there's any way that I can give back and to any of your listeners, uh, then yeah, yeah, well, I know. To do that. Well, I know the subject. It will be regarding education for sure. I, I mean, <laughs> this is this is this is something you know very very well that I don't that I'm very interested into, and if it can be in French, it will also give ideas to people who may just don't realize it is possible to do it a different way. So, I think it will be education. <laughs> All right, brother. Well, whenever you're ready to go, let me know. Yeah, follow yeah, yeah. Questions and I'll give contact me a you. Let's prep, and uh, we'll we'll be good to go. I'll I'll happily happily give it a shot. But uh, appreciate your time, man, uh, on this thanks Sunday. You, you have a great uh, great afternoon, and uh, thanks, thanks for coming on. Yeah, thank you for for having me. Have a good day, Daniel. Goodbye. Cheers, mate. Hey guys, thank you so much for listening and thank you again Manu for coming on the show and everything you're doing in this space. It's going to go a long way to helping people understand that uh, you know this is, this is here to stay and this is the way that they're going to be able to uplift themselves and their families and the fact that you're doing this purely in French is huge because like you said at the beginning of the show, the addressable market there is absolutely massive and especially those folks that live in Africa that can now get clear, concise information and exposure to the people that you have interviewed is going to go such a huge way. Hats off, berets off, my friend. Well done. I really appreciate you coming on and doing this. Now, before I sign off, guys, please can you start fiat cost averaging? This is going to be the most important thing that you do in your lives over the next 10 years. If you can just start putting away Whatever you can afford, whatever your unit of account is, 10, 50, 100 of whatever's that you have each week, just get it set up, forget it. Use swanbitcoin.com in the US, use Relay across Europe, R-E-L-A-I.ch, and use Coin Corner now in the UK. You can set up auto buys with them. Use the code BITTEN at these places that will get you some kind of commission. In the case of Swan, a free 10 bucks. As you know, you've got to take control of your coins. And if you don't know that, I'm telling you right now, this first time you're going to hear it, Princey is telling you to get yourself a hardware wallet, get Bitbox 02 Bitcoin only edition, and make sure that you take control of your coins. Get them off the apps, get them off the exchanges. They need to be yours. Take control. You can use Bitten at checkout to get 5% discount on anything in your basket. Do you want to go to the conference? Of course you do. Get over there, hit up some tickets. Use the code BITTEN at checkout. That will get you a 10% discount. And don't fear if you end up not being able to go. You'll be able to sell the tickets closer to the time for more than you bought them for now and for sats. So take it easy. Catch you on the next show, guys.